Yeah, welcome back. It's the second hour of the run home. That's, Already? Yeah, it felt like Flew that. by. Do you reckon I was in the same feel like it was No, time flies when you're having a good time. See? It, it is. It's there the run home with Joel and Fletch, but it's Bozza and it's Philby in the chair filling in uh, today. And welcome to our New Zealand listeners as well, joining us on welcome. SENZ. Yeah, if you missed... <laughs> The first, the first hour, hour subscribe and listen to the welcome home. Sorry, to the run home with Joel. That's and what podcast was happening this Spotify. afternoon when I was listening on radio. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was echoing for a while. At Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or download the SEN app. Now, the BBL 13 started last it night. Did. Mate, it did. Brisbane Heat with the win. You told me with massive ratings. For anyone who did happen to miss the game, here's a highlights of last night's BBL match. Heat versus Stars. Bowls to Munro. Hits that straight. Hits that long. Hits it for six. Wow, what a shot. Munro brings up his 50 in style. He bowls to Munro. He's just whacked this. This one is over the fence. Again, over long on. Off the back foot. Shorter delivery for Maxwell. See you later, ball. Bowls to Marnus Labuschagne. Who hoiks this one. Down to deepening wicket. What a great catch. Marnus Labuschagne goes for 30. Bowls to Max Bright. Hits that through where first slip would be, along the ground, down to the boundary, gets himself another boundary. He moves to 15. The Heat, after 20 overs, have made three for 214. Munro, not out, 99. To Maxwell, reverse sweeps this one. Out, caught, three quarters of the way to the boundary, to a, a deep mid-wicket. Catch. Straight the short cover. He's gone. Great delivery from Kerneman. Short ball. Whacked it straight to short cover. Sweeps it to Burns. Burns gives him himself some room, but gets bowled in the meantime. Bowled him. Gone. The innings is over. Big win here by the Heats over the Stars. Yeah, it certainly was a big win and a great start to the BBL season. Our, our next guest is the current Golden Cap. Is it a Golden Cap? He's the cap, cap holder. <laughs> it's only been one game. But um, he had three wickets in a huge win. And he's on the phone right now. Heat spinner Mitch Swepson. Welcome to the run home. Afternoon, Mitch. Afternoon, guys. How are we going? Very good. Yourself? Yeah, going well. I might have to get that golden cap framed after the first game. That's a bit of a generous award, that one, after one game. <laughs> Doesn't matter, Mitch. Doesn't matter. On, hey, you know what, Mitch? Just turn around and say to Philby, how many golden caps have you got, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mitch, can you, have you, like, seriously, have you whacked it on today? Like, have you put it on, gone down the, gone down the ships? <laughs> no, have you gone down the ships? I actually haven't. No, I haven't seen the golden cap yet, to be oh. honest. So, um um, unless someone takes four for tonight's in tonight's game, I'll be wearing it tomorrow night, uh, which will be uh, the first wear it'll get. So, uh, looking forward to that. Hopefully, you know what you should do, mate, is like just go for a run in it or go to the gym. Make it as filthy and dirty as because you're probably gonna have to pass it on the sock. Uh, Wear it in. Tonight. Yeah, so just get, get a photo of you in the nude or something with this year yellow with your golden cap on, and then maybe don't do that. Um, mate, what a cracking start! You were unbelievable last night. How are they feeling coming out of the hand? Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, they uh, felt pretty good to be honest. Always uh, a few nerves there first game of the season. Um, I think everyone gets that. So to get a, um, a couple of wickets there and contribute to a win was really nice. A nice way to start the season personally and also for us as a team 
we've got sort of three games, bang, 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 um, obviously going again tomorrow night. So to start with a win, um, yeah, everyone always talks about momentum in these competitions. It's a great way for us to start. So, yeah, last night was great. Uh, speaking about, did it surprise you, Mitch, the ease of the victory last night? Yeah, it did. I mean, you look down their list, they had, um, you know, two massive names in, in Maxwell and Stoinis in their batting lineup. Um, a really good bowling attack with some overseas players that we hadn't really seen much of. So um, we thought they were, you know, going to be a really good opposition for us, a, a good test first up. And I think we sort of played the perfect game and, and they probably didn't have their best day. And when you put those two together, it sort of blew out a bit at the end there. But they're still a quality team and a dangerous team. So. Um, I, I'm, you know, other teams won't be looking at them lightly. I'm sure, even though that result last night, um, they, they've still got some serious players in that lineup. Mate, uh, for those people who didn't see the game, Colin Munro started with the bat, but he he's on 98 and he chips the ball to get a single, and that puts Max Bryant on strike with uh, what, like four, three or four balls to go through. And now, what you'd assume would happen is when you've got over 200, is that maybe Max Bryant might just knock it for a single and let Colin Munro get his 100. But then what Max Bryant does, which is actually great for the team, is hits three fours. And yeah, poor, yeah. Old, poor old Colin's at the other end on 99. Have, uh, have they spoken? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have spoken, Matt. And to be honest, I'll guarantee that Colin probably said, um, when Maxie was on strike, don't you dare try and get a single here. Try and get us as many runs as possible. So Colin's that kind of guy, mate. He's, he's a team fella, and um, yeah, as much as he deserved 100 last night, um, he's probably more happy that we got the W. So he's, he's just one of those team-oriented guys, and um, he's a great fella to have in our group. And I think look, somebody who's a cricket fanatic like I am, yeah. I'm not, I wouldn't say cricket tragic. It's not my number one sport. I, I think one of the highlights you can have to say in comparing, say, T20 to Test cricket is that it is very much, uh, just like Mitch said, a, more of a team game. Yeah. That, that really is, is great evidence of it. If that was in, especially in the Test game, you know, you would, yeah. 100%, totally. he would try to get the single. But maybe even the opposition might say, yeah, give him a single to get his century. <laughs> but it really is a team game. And, and the other thing as well, it's, you know, it's pretty much over, isn't it, Mitch, within three hours in terms of selling it to younger, a younger generation coming through. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to get onto as well the momentum. Things can change very, very quickly. And, and sort of a close game can end up being a little bit like last night, being very, very convincing if you get that momentum, can't, you? can't it, Mitch? Yeah, 100% there. Um, I think the, the shortness of the games and um, that three-hour time slot really appeals to a lot of a lot of people in the Australian public really get around the big bash. So we love playing in front of the big crowds and we know there's a lot of eyes watching. But, yeah, like you said, it's, it's high energy, hard, you know, fast-paced. And um, if you slip up, it can make a big impact on the game. And um, you saw we took some early wickets there last night and um, it just snowballed on the stars for them and, they sort of just took a plummet and we sort of ran with it and took the momentum of the game and it, and it really blew out. So hopefully hopefully we can keep doing that. Um, that'd be great if we can keep keep winning games with by 100 runs. I think um, that'd be <laughs> nice. But um, I, I dare say it won't be like that the whole tournament. Mate, do you, uh, tall Paul Walter, a um, bit of a cult figure. Um, and we did notice something yeah. about him. He, his pants looked like they were a bit too short. <laughs> did you? Did anyone? Was there any chat about that in the WhatsApp group? Um, someone yeah, we need to get no, he, he, he did say he did say this morning at the airport that uh, he's never played for a new team and not heard a commentator or someone in the crowd <laughs> mention something about his pants being too short. So um, he, he, he's never found a pair of shorts that any franchise he's played for that have been long enough for him. So. 
He's a he's an absolute unit of a, of a man. Um, I'm glad he's on our team because it's a massive bomb, and he and he bowled some handy overs for well, a handy over for us last night. So um, I'm glad he's on my team. But yeah, we'll we'll see how we can go with sorting some extra extra long trousers for him. Could we do a shout out to like a Joe Angel or um, you know, some of those former tallies that used to play? Like who else we got? Uh, Tom Moody. Tom, Tom Moody was pretty tall. There was a couple of big. Like Joe Angel was probably the tallest, wasn't he? Yeah, he'd still be. He'd have a pair of pants in his cupboard, I reckon. <laughs> Mitchie, let's move on. I'll, I'll save you here. Uh, Sixers are playing tonight. You're back in action, like you said, on a Saturday night tomorrow night against Adelaide, and uh, your ex teammate Chris Lynn will be uh, in the Adelaide side. Yeah, yeah, it's always um, always interesting coming up against against Lenny. I guess we've all, well, most of us here at the Heat have played so much cricket with him. So, um, yeah, it'll be good to catch up with him. But ho- hopefully it's after the game, after a win, and not after he's smacked us all around the park, which we've watched him do for the Heat for so many years. And he obviously had a really good year for the Strikers last year as well. So um, he's definitely one guy we'll plan for and come up with some plans to try and get him out early because, yeah, if he hangs around, it can he can be a damaging batsman and... Um, one that can sort of take the game away from you. So um, we'll come up with our plans and try and get him out nice and early. Mitch, one other thing I noticed in this game, um, and you may have been busy at halftime, don't call it halftime, change of innings, um, was the halftime entertainment uh, was a man with a jet pack on, uh, very reminiscent of the 84 La Los Angeles Olympics. Um, you're, do you, you're probably all a bit too young to remember, but 84 Olympics, they had a man in a jet pack who flew over the stadium as part of the opening ceremony. And from that point on, Bozza, it felt like, like we were going to get jet packs the next day. Like it was like, we're all getting jetpacks. I don't see another jetpack till the first BBL game last night. Did you happen to spot that? No, uh, you were right. I was actually out the back in the net getting warm and ready to go. I, I could certainly hear him. It was so loud um, from outside the stadium. So um, I'm not sure how loud it was inside the stadium. I, I, I missed it. But um, seeing some of the highlight packages, mate, that's just one of the things that the, the Gabba um, and the Heat crew, they love to, to make a show of it. and half times at, at Gabba games are always good entertainment and Rocket Man was um, just another <laughs> I guess another Rocket another way to, to bring, bring the entertainment back so um, give the fans something to watch. But yeah, I dare say there'll be a lot of parents um, trying to explain to their kids for Christmas why they can't get a jet pack um, <laughs> under the tree oh, this year because I'm not sure they're that accessible but um, yeah, no, he was great. He's good. I'd love to see him just floating around up at the Valley yeah, in Brisbane, you know, just cruising around with a jetpack. <laughs> um, mate, uh, I've got a, I actually have an initiative for, for the BBL because every year they come out and there's always a new thing that's coming here and there. Tra- basically, here it is. Every team gets Travis Head for one game, right? But it's only after a three-day bender. Why do you always want to change things around and this, that, and the other? Because the BBL's going great guns. Yeah, no, it is. But like they're, they're big on initiatives. I mean, we saw the jetpack, right? So I would love to see Travis Head. He has to go out for three nights in a row with no sleep, and then he has to play for every no, single I, team. I'd once like it. to ask me, it, it, looking forward, say, five to ten years, in your opinion, Mitch, uh, you know, obviously 2020 is the future. Do you think that internationally there will be a, a, a like, you know, we say a proper calendar in terms of it being familiar with cricket supporters worldwide, knowing when these tournaments are going to be played, and more importantly, that all the best players will be available for them. Yeah, that's uh, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Like, I think you, you don't want to lose format to the game because, you know, I mean, me personally, I, I still am a bit of a traditionalist. I love the Red Bull game, and uh, you don't want to see that go, and a lot of the best players around the world are still playing that, so it's, it's always difficult to get their availability in all of these competitions around the world, but it certainly is 
still trending in an upward direction, the, the shorter formats and people are, people are, you know, it's getting bums on seats, people are watching. So um, I certainly think it's got a bright future, the shorter format, and it, it, as long as they keep marketing it well and um, people keep turning up, it'll, it'll just get bigger and bigger. So I think the BBL does it really well. It's one of the better ones around the world and guys want to come and play in it. I think it's great now it's gone back to 10 games. I think the 14 games was a little long last year, so um, this 10-game one will be short, sharp, um, but high, high energy, high impact. You'll get a lot of the better players playing it. So it, it's, um, it, it's really exciting and, um, yeah, hopefully it goes well this year. Yep, well, we hope so as well. Wish you all the best for, for Saturday's game against Adelaide Strikers. Yeah, mate, thank you for joining us here uh, on The Run Home. Mitch, put that cap on, get it dirty, and then pass it on. <laughs> I'll, get it on for I'll get it on, I'll get it on. Thank Thanks, you. Mitch guys. Swepson there from the Brisbane Heat. Uh, currently, the well, there's been one game, boss, but three wickets. He, he's not going to undersell it. It's a good award. No, no, no. Hopefully, he hangs on to it. Um, give us a text or uh, shoot us a, well, the other way around. Give we'll us like a call or shoot us a text. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to talk some about some a little bit more controversial subjects later on, but we do want some phone calls. We want to hear what – excuse me – what you're thinking out there. Yeah, that's right. And you know the number. You heard it from Bozza before. one three one hundred whatever <laughs> is actually one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. You are listening to The Run Home. Joel and Fletch aren't here. It's Bozza and Philpy. We'll be back soon. Oh, welcome back to The Run Home. Uh, my name is Philpy. And Philpy. I'm sitting oh, next hello, to Bozza, Mark Bosnich, uh, Brooksy and the Mulch uh, in the house as well. And now it's time for... What is it? A bit of this... It's a Schnitz Schnugget Sports Schnupdate. Got that winning taste right now? Schnitz. Handcrafted schnitzels, made fresh, made just for you. That was beautiful. We just chipped that in off the green, right onto oh, the... Which brings it to this, Bozza. All right, let's go. Let's talk Live Golf. Live Golf. Now... Right, so they've signed John Rahm now as well. Yeah. Now, let's update everybody. <laughs> let's update everyone. Let's update... Oh, well, for those... Uh, I'm going to leave this to yourself yeah. and, and Alex because you guys oh, know no, so I'm... much about. Well, Alex especially does Brooksy as well. Uh, no, 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 come on, come on. Oh, yeah, let's, let's delegate here. Okay. Um, explain to all our listeners, especially there's a lot of football listeners that listen that or interested in it because it's got a certain ramifications with yes. football that as well. What is it? Yeah, ramifications. What is the update? We know that Live Golf basically won their little battle with the PGA. It was quite. It was not too dissimilar to way back when World Series cricket when the late Kerry Packer got his way with uh, with the existing cricket establishment remember so what is the update and so and then you know we used to think okay so and so signed for live golf yeah but if the update is they have had peace and they've come to an agreement why are they saying john Rahm has signed for live golf because it's still a separate competition from yeah, the pga exactly so they're still operating as two separate entities right. so john Rahm has gone from the pga to he's been offered more money than was available to win in the entire PGA Tour right. next year. It's, it's, a, it's a ridiculous amount of money. So they should. Just we'll to sign it. on. Just yeah. to sign on. Yeah. So sign he'll on get fee. performance bonuses on top of that. There'll be endorsement deals that come with it, all that sort of thing. But they're still operating as separate entities because the Saudi Investment Fund, you'll remember back in June, tried to buy into the PGA Tour. So mm. they said, let's have a, a peace settlement on this. Correct. Um, the PGA Tour were all happy with that. Some of the players weren't, but the, the, the commissioner, Jay Monaghan, said, yep, let's invite this money in because then at least we've got some control over where it's yeah, going. Yeah, they were going to get a position of exactly. They wanted a, someone to be chairman of it or whatever. The US yeah. government said, hang on, this is going to create antitrust problems. It, they've got a whole lot of antitrust laws in the US that they've now got to navigate to make that legal. 
So right, they're okay. going through the courts now to try and make this deal final, and they don't know if that's going to happen. So until that point, they'll still operate as separate entities with the Saudis operating as a competitor, essentially, essentially. the PGA Tour. So, like so, series so to explain to the layman really as well, when you say antitrust laws, that means basically uh, like they don't... They don't want a monopoly. They, want, they don't want a monopoly. Exactly. Monopoly. It's just, just about to say exactly the same thing. So that's where we're at. But fair play to the Saudis. You know, they're investing in the people that make the game tick, the players. So would you say, Alex, that uh, I saw that... Uh, and by the way, my knowledge of golf extends to this. I didn't really know who John Rahm was. In fact, I thought he was the guy from Mad Men. Like that, oh, John Hamm. Yeah. When yeah, I thought yeah. I thought John Hamm had signed with Live Golf, and I'm like, they're, they're really going for anyone right now, aren't they? Um, that, that was where my golfing knowledge stood. He could be a good golfer. But I listened to his press conference, and to, he, I love these ones when someone, he signed for $300 million just to sign on, and he was like, I've signed because of the vision. Like, yeah, well, sure, mate. But yeah. he's made to say that. Yeah. Of course. You're not going to turn out that amount of money. Oh, it just gets to a point. He held out 100%. for so long yeah. trying to stay on the PGA Tour, but it just gets to everyone's got a number, mm. and it's just got to a number. No, hundred percent, hundred percent right. Out. And like I said, let, let's let's be really frank about this whole situation. Yeah, this first started, like I said, by the late great Kerry Packer with the World Series cricket. He looked at that sport. He saw that the players were grossly underpaid, and he saw that people w were making money that really shouldn't be making the type of money that the money should be made by the players and the coaches. Came in, remember, bought all the best players from the West Indies, some from around the world. I think it was Imran Khan, even some of the South Africa, Garth LaRue, Barry Richards and all that came down. Um, you know, first ever, you know, we had coloured clothing, one day cricket. And remember the battle he had, but he won in the end. Yeah. And look at the benefit that cricket has. And, and I'm happy for the golf, golf players because the ones at the top will always make money. But they've been so wide, you know, the Saudis with everything in terms of they've cast a wide net in terms of the will all filter down to all those players. And some of those players would never have made the money playing on the PGA Tour that they're going to make playing uh, uh, live golf. And they've really put a value on what makes the game tick, which are the players. Well, it seems like over the last six months too, when prior to the initial chat of this merger, that Monaghan was selling this whole don't go there yeah. don't do this yeah. like stay with us they started bumping the money up so it was like oh you've had this money yeah. to bump up the prize well, money that's then the merger um came had, through and it's like correct. what so cam smith yep and brooks kepka and bryson dechambeau yep. who have made all this money what we're going to merge with them in like two years and they've made nine figures <laughs> Just by joining, Mackerel, so was like, was and now, now yeah. The, yeah, you can see that the trust in the in Jay and the PGA Tour is is waning. Well, like, I mean, the, and staunch the, PGA people I mean, are now going. Correct. I wasn't here, but I, I was told a lot about. It. I'm sure you guys, well, you won't, Alex, but I'm sure Brooksy, you and and uh, Philpy will remember as well. Wasn't a very very similar thing here with the Super League Wars, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. You know, all of a sudden, you know, at that, that time, the NRL or whatever was all of a sudden found all this money that people was going, you know, where's that money? Where's that come from? And that's yeah? a great uh, the Batuta Advocate yeah. uh, episode of the Super League. I don't know if you've seen it, no, but it's no. great to watch. Yeah. And that makes me feel like, are we part of a documentary now? Like, is this all being filmed in some respects so that, you know, in five years when it's all sorted out, there's all this behind the scenes footage of like, you know, the wheeling and dealing of John Hamm slash Ram being signed for 300 million or Cam Smith and all this sort of stuff. Well, like, you got Netflix with the full swing yeah. they did that first netflix yeah. cup in oh, vegas with the f1 guys like yeah. definitely there's cameras this is you're absolutely right it's gonna turn it's entertainment we're talking about it in terms of news that someone's gone to a league that didn't exist a few years ago yeah. and it's 
garnering attention to the sport. Okay, can I 100%. counter this, though? The, the actual live events, I'm not a fan of live at all. I've been quite anti-live, and the fact that Jay Monaghan made that about-face really disappointed me, mm. and that is because the live product is rubbish. It, it really is at the moment Why? in terms of vid- in terms of viewing figures, mm-hmm. in terms of the crowds that they're getting to turn up, but with, the exception, it, with the exception of Adelaide. I was going to say, wasn't it Chockers at Adelaide? Well, so this is a market that hasn't been you know explored by the PGA Tour, and we've struggled to get a lot of top players down. Now, Liv gave us that opportunity. That, that's fantastic for Australian golf. But how could you but be anti-Liv if they gave us that opportunity? Well, I can be anti the tour as a whole. And I still don't think... <laughs> as, as a whole. Which And for someone who follows golf, and I love the majors, I love the Ryder Cup, I love the PGA Tour, to have <laughs> just there's, there's certain things we talk about in our sport promotion relegation, how important yes. it is. Liv cuts that off. It says we're going to sign these 90 players and this is who's on our tour. Now, they've started to open that up a little bit and credit to them for that. The fact they still play three-round tournaments... Delegitimizes, I think, and you've seen it in the performance of the players in the majors, with the exception of Brooks Kepka, um, as to how their performance is. Cam Smith's golf game in the last 18 months mm. has gone down the drain. Because, and and that's, that's for me, because he's playing less competitive tournaments in less competitive fields. He's not getting those reps week in, week out against... And the why have they gone down to three rounds, again, to streamline it a little well, bit? Well, to try and make it a more entertaining product. But mm. I, I think from having watched a couple of the, the tournaments, it's, it's, it's not done that. The fact they're doing shotgun starts, all these innovations that they talk about haven't improved the product whatsoever. Okay. All right, well, thank you, Alex. Good uh, chat. Some interesting Great stuff. Chat. And it's good Great to know chat. that John Hamm is I'm not pra- signed I just want to let Alex know I really respect him, as, as you know, especially his football knowledge of that as well. And really respect him for being that anti-live. But I want to add Alex now. I'm pro leg. <laughs> <laughs> On your boss. Uh, you're listening to The Run Home. Uh, coming up, the news. And then Philpy's footy fix soon. See you soon. Oh, thank you, Amy. This is The Run Home with Joel and Fletch. Thanks to Hyundai. Uh, the Hyundai 2023 SUV sale event is on now. And MFP Where? Easy voted Queensland's best fiberglass pool builder. That is Boz. You can hear in the background. Who's... Philby, you've done a fantastic job, buddy. Thank Your you, energy mate. energy has been consistent and fantastic. Thank you, mate. It's the... And Brooksy and Alex, super th- as well. Been Great amazing. contributions. Really good. But, mate, I'm super excited about oh, this. I can't because wait. I've got my own segment. Now it's time no, for just... this. What are you on about? On the run home, it's time to get some balls into the box with the B-Man, Mark Bosnich. Watch the UEFA Champions League live, exclusive and in 4K on Stan Sport. Oh, stitch up. This is meant to be yeah, my yeah, segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is not your footy section yet. Yeah, this no. is football, buddy. Oh, we're talking to football. We're talking to football. All Another right. huge week in football. Uh, midweek games in, in the Premier League, Alex. And uh, we'll start off with, with Australia's own Ange Postacoglu and Tottenham, who have lost their fourth game, unfortunately, this morning. Ooh. Can I ask five you games. about this, boss? Yeah. So fourth what... game in five after drawing. In, in, you know, the, the game that everyone thought they would lose and probably still should have was against Manchester City on the weekend and they performed really well and got the last minute equaliser. But ask your question. Well, so has <laughs> Ange... <laughs> Basically, Shut up, I was going to ask if Ange has the credits in the bank now because of the start, and obviously they've gone on this really disappointing run now of, yeah. uh, what is it, five games without a win? They've Correct, lost three yeah. in a row at home, which I don't think anyone expected to happen. No, exactly. Has, has he got the, the, the money in the bank to ride this out? Well, I, I believe that he has, but I'll just give you an example. Um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer started off his career at Manchester United better than Ange, but he ended up getting sacked as well. So I, I, I will say this, so far as I'm concerned, I think he's 
look, the club was low last season. They finished eighth, worst finish that, that they've had for, for quite some time. Antonio Conte basically lambasted the club and the culture. Yep. And he's, you know, brought them up and made them feel good again about themselves, played some fantastic football. But it was always going to come a time uh, where they were going to go through a period when they had suspensions and injuries, which they've got, and to their better players, that they're going to go through this period. And as I said about Ali Gunasolsko, who was actually, you know, was my ex-teammate, so, mm. and I said this on English TV, I want him to stay and I believe he should stay. Same with Ange, but regardless of what the sport or what we're talking about, somebody continues to lose. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very difficult for, for the, in the end of the board to turn around and go, oh, okay. I mean, I think there was this guy called Uz Fischer who was at Union Berlin who got them into the Champions League, a team from nowhere, so from the German League, got them into the Champions League. But this season, they, they love him the best, but he went something like 16 or 17 games without a win. Eventually, they've sacked him. Of course. Um, and that would be the same. Now, they've got Newcastle on the weekend. Uh, this morning, I thought they started off really, really well. Um, but, you know, the bottom line is Ange, one of Ange's great strengths, and I sat next to him on a TV screen for four years, Boxy, I think it was four weeks, uh, four years at Fox. Mm. Got to know him really, really well. Wonderful man, wonderful manager in my opinion. But like all of us, it, it, he's got some good points and bad points. Now, what, one of his real good points, in my opinion, is his stubbornness, mm. right? That's what, one of the reasons why he's got so far in his coaching career. But that also can be a bit of a weakness when you get to a stage that you've only can only cut your cloth according to the, the players that you've got. At the moment of those injuries and suspensions, he can't play for 90-odd minutes, which it was, in my opinion, the way that he wants to play normally with a full-strength okay, team. Okay, so the game against City, did you see more pragmatism there? Was yes, there a I change did. in approach? I did. No, I did. I heard, I think it was Daniel Garb the other day, said, oh, he did it. He said, well, no, he did tweak it, with the exception of free kicks against when he still made, had that. But he did tweak it, especially at half-time when he brought on Hoiberg who was more of a defensive midfielder to sort of get and, and to keep things a little bit more steady. Because in our game, it's a balance, right? Just like in all games, it's a balance. Yeah, you want to play attacking, entertaining football, but you've got to have people behind to make sure that as attacking and great football that you play, that, you know, it's just not, just not like a game of basketball when it's goals either way. And he did do that. And they didn't play as high a line against Manchester City. A little bit different this morning. I think against West Ham, they thought a little bit of a lesser team. Manchester City, one of the best teams, if not the best team in the world. Um, they started off really well. Anyone who watched this morning, the first 20 minutes, I'm thinking they're going to win this four or five. Only went up 1-0. To be fair to West Ham, David Moyes, their manager, who won the European Conference League last season, they hung in there. And then by the time the end of the game come, they did look like the more convincing side. And it's, it's just worrying at the moment because I've got a stat. I took a picture for you as all earlier on today, if I can do it. So... I know that's Aston Villa. Oh, I got that. Aston Villa. I got Here that is. one. Yeah, airdropped me. You know what? You <laughs> I don't think Tottenham are the first side in Premier League history to fail to win five consecutive games despite going up one nil in each of the match, and also the only team in Premier League history to lose three consecutive home games despite going one nil up in each match. So that's a little bit concerning. But the biggest thing I for him is him to get his best players back. So that Van der Ven at the back, who's exceptional. We don't know how long he's out for. Hopefully, for Spurs' sake, it's January. And Madison as well, who actually said the other day he thinks his injury is a slow burner, so he doesn't know how long he's going to be out for. In, Bozza, in terms of um, coaches being sacked and whatnot, the fans do have a lot of say. Well, the Tottenham fans, are they there? I remember at the start of the season, yeah. they're singing songs, they're singing the Ange Postacoglu. My son Robbie, walks around the house 100%, singing Ange Postacoglu. And Robbie, Robbie Williams stop. changed his song, Ange of to, to Ange. And, that, and it was a great start. And I think, like I said, because Spurs have got a culture of the past, as we know, Alex, are playing wonderfully attractive football, 
the years, not so much under Mourinho, but especially under Conte, playing that really negative football, really, it, it affected them in a yep. big way. So to see him play that attractive football that we've become accustomed to, to Tottenham sides for the last 30 years and winning, having them at the top of the table, was a wonderful relief. But at the moment, like I said, they're going through a bad time. Manchester City are going through a bad time at the moment as well. So they've just got to pull themselves out of it. What are you going to say now? Well, I've got a question here from Dana Canberra on the text line. Bozza. Yeah. So the other t- game this morning was Everton 3, Newcastle United nil, yeah. And we've spoken about the Saudi investment into golf. Yes. They've driven Newcastle's run up the table and into the Champions League this season. But yep. what's doing with my beloved Newcastle United, says Dane, mm. can lift and match it with the top sides, but against the ordinary lesser sides, they're having trouble. Complacency, depth, both. Keen on your thoughts. Yeah, not complacency. Um, but one thing it is, uh, and Eddie Howe, again, you know, played pretty much the same team that he played on the weekend. When you have this amount of games in this short period of time, so you're talking about three games a week, and you're in the Champions League as well for the first time, You've got to have the the courage, really, to change. Even if you know, it, Phil P might say to me, "Look, I feel fine, boss." I go, "Yeah, but listen, we've got another game in three days' time." No, I'm I not want good you, for that. I want <laughs> you. No, no, you you might feel great and stuff, but I want you to to sit that one out. Yeah. Right, because in in a week's time, we've got a Champions League game, which they have against AC Milan that we need to win, and he's not yet. He's never done this before, Eddie Howe. Yeah. And that can sometimes come down to depth. I, I spoke about that with the depth of the squad. But I think as well, a lot, of, a lot of managers these days, especially at the bigger clubs, are reluctant to use youngsters. You've got a youngster and all that there that's ready to go. You'll never lose out with youngsters. They'll give you 110% effort. They might not play unbelievable, but you know that you can rely on them. And this is one of the great things about the Premier League, and it's becoming more and more, and this is why it's so open this season. The more successful they are, the more games you play. But the more games you play, the more chances you've got of injuries, especially now when it gets into the winter months when it's really, really cold weather. So that's what I think is the problem at the moment with Newcastle. They've got so many games. They've got Tottenham on the weekend. And then, like I said, they've got AC Milan, which they have to win if they have every chance to go to progress through to the Champions League knockout stages. Same with Manchester United. And Manchester United, for all the talk about people saying how they've not played well this season, you know, there's still four points out of the top four, or three points rather, from fourth position, which is amazing considering considering the season they've had thus far. Another one of my old teams, best performance I've oh. seen them in, in years. In years, I would say, beating Manchester City the other day. Yeah. Absolutely amazing performance. And that was another thing I took a picture of, Brooksy. <laughs> Aston Villa had 20 more shots than Manchester City in their win the other night. 22-4 and two against. That's the most ever a Pep Guardiola team, so that's either Barcelona, Bayern Munich, or now is that Man City, right? has been outshot in a match in the big five European leagues. So that's in his 535th such game. So that was an amazing performance by Aston Villa, who are looking really well. But again, they're in Europe as well. So you're playing those three days. Match day six is next week. That's going to be it then until February for the European games that will be just concentrating on the league games. But it, it means that you have to have pretty much two players for every position. And I want to ask you, I want you to tell me about Arsenal. Alex, yeah. and I want you to tell me about <laughs> Liverpool because they're two other teams who I believe, uh, well, I, I well, believe... Well, they're one of two. Well, yeah, but I, and I believe obviously obviously strong contenders. We've pretty much gone through everyone else for the title of the season. Start of Arsenal. Yeah, they've been, I'll use that word again, haven't they? Functional. And they keep winning games that they traditionally don't, mm. if, you, if that makes sense. So yes. they're winning the hard-fought games, makes which was million the percent. problem which was the problem under Mikel Arteta at the start of his reign, was that they were losing those, those scraps. Mm. 
the ones that they were expected to win it actually caught them at the end of last season as well. That when they led City for so long, they got so close, and people call them bottle jobs and all that sort of thing. I don't know about that, considering how relentless City were uh, towards the end of last season. But I think they've got the, a chance to go a step further. Of course they do, because I don't think City are quite as strong this year. And I was, it was interesting, I was listening to a podcast during the week about what the winning total will be for points this year, mm. where City have been racking up 95, 96 points. So that might not... One year they got to 100. Exactly. Yeah. So that's not going to be the case this mm. year, is it? Do you think 90 points, if Arsenal can get there, and I think they can, mm. that, will that be enough to win them the league? Oh, I think more than enough. I think more than enough. The, the, the thing is with Arsenal, they're in the Champions League for their first time in, I think, seven or eight seasons, Philby. So that means, like I said, the Champions League is the premier competition for everything you can yeah. think of. And ironically, the further you talking about handicaps, the further you go in that competition, it could hamper them in the league. In the rate. But Liverpool are in the Europa League. Yeah. They're looking very, very strong. They've only lost two games all season, by the way. Can I ask you about this? Because... Jurgen Klopp blew up at a reporter. I wanted, yeah, the and week. I wanted to ask Philpy and Brooksy how they would feel. <laughs> exactly, you oh, just read my sorry, mind. Sorry, I mate. didn't realise you guys knew we were here. You've been staring I'll, into each other's eyes I'll for the last four minutes. Put some more in the meat. No, <laughs> we're just replaying the moment when no, you're it's, on, it's, that, it's on that ship and everyone thought you were a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, I want Alex to tell this story. So, so uh, yes. Jurgen Klopp was on on the panel after their after their team uh, uh, win against. I think it was it. Sheffield United. Yeah, against Sheffield yeah, United. Yeah, against Sheffield United. And the commentator, the the main commentator on, on, on the panel, just turned around and made a bit of a joke about the amount of... Because he's been kicking up a stink about the amount of games that, that, that they've been playing. This is what's contributing to a lot of players having serious injuries. Yeah. And he just... The, the, the anchor just made a bit of a joke about it to him. He, he let fly at him. Oh, yeah? hey, we're heading to a break. Listen to the run home. We'll see you soon. You're going to Crystal Palace, your favourite kickoff time at the weekend. But, I mean, that, that's the price brave, of success. That's really I'm brave to make a joke about that, uh, uh, really. Yeah. Now we go home, I don't know exactly when we arrive. One o'clock, two o'clock, two a.m., whatever. So Crystal Palace played tonight as well, so that, that's absolutely fine. It's just not... But I realise you don't understand it as well, even when you work in football, so why should I try to explain again? If you make a joke of that, then make just we are completely ignorant. But it's good. It's obviously football's entertainment. And I understand. It's all good. It's just one of those those issues that come up, and I, I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful at you all. You were already. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're going to apologize. Good. You can say what you want. Just I cannot say what I want, because that would be really different. Well, listen, it's been a success tonight. You've moved yes. to two points of the yes. league, and we wish you every success at Crystal Palace at the weekend as well. Yeah, and we'll tell that to Crystal Palace as well. Thank you very much. Thank you very I'm much, Jürgen. Yeah, wow, so Bozza, well, you, no, that's so insane. Phil, Phil yeah. B, we'll bring you into this conversation with Brooks. So what would you do oh, in that situation? You know what I noticed the most was how much Jurgen Klopp sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, <laughs> don't you reckon he was like, I was waiting no, for him to go, stop no, it, get down. Oh, yeah, all right, but, come on. Yeah, it was what, awkward, wasn't it? What would you What would you do in this situation? If I was Klopp? The, the, no, the anchor. Oh, oh well, I mean, I, lo- I love I love hearing stuff like that. Like, I love the awkward. There's nothing more awkward. I love, I sit in the awkward so but well. What, what would but you do? Would you, would you stick to your guns or would you say something to him? Or would you say, so, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend? What, what would you do? Yeah, he probably should have apologised because he got, he noticeably got, and just said, no, that's not funny or whatever. I'm not being disrespectful. You yeah. Well, you already have. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, what did you, what was uh, your? I, I thought Marcus Buckland, who was the host there, dealt with it perfectly. Okay. I, I think that's all he could have done in that situation. I think, I think, a, I think Jürgen's It's a fair question. And, 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 and question. It is a fair question. And I'll take Jürgen's point of view. I, I actually think I don't mind the answer because he really feels passionate about it. And he's lost another one of his players, Jean Matip, to an ACL injury. 
which a lot of these ACL injuries are because of basically fatigue. And something has got to be done about the international calendar. I spoke to, we spoke to before Mitch Swepson talking about the BBL uh, international calendar, same with the football, because you, you, you're talking now, so there's the African Cup of Nations, where some players, uh, some teams will be losing their players. So Liverpool... Asian Cup in January uh, as well. I was going to get to that, but Liverpool will lose Mo Salah for 10 games. And I just think that's wrong, right in the middle of the season. Asian Cup, so Son Hun Min, he'll be away from Tottenham for, for 10 games. I think Arsene Wenger, the former Arsenal manager, has got it right. We have January for internationals, we have June for internationals, and that's it, because it's just becoming far too much. And, you, you know, you've got players, say Kevin De Bruyne, who's missing for four months, and I think it's because of the amount of football. He'd be on in range of about £400,000 a week. What is that for City? That they have to keep paying him while he's injured. Well, let us know on the text line what you think. We're going to head to a break, Bozza. We'll be back soon on The Run Home.